Aurora Borealis, Northern Lights. How do you capture this on video? Gary Boyle, our astrophotographer, all the way from Canada, gets into the details on what is necessary to capture and share this wonder of nature. All on this edition of the TV Show. Podcasting the ins and outs of digital video. Digital, digital video. video. This, this is the TV Show. The TV Show. Welcome to this edition of the DV Show Podcast. My name is Brian, and you're listening to this podcast because you know video production is not for everyone. It can be overwhelming, time-consuming, intimidating, and downright technical when all you want to do is create a video for your business. Those options out there are daunting, and that's why we are here. Whether it's about creative content, grabbing audience attention, if you're a video business owner, how to get business, how to get customers, how to get clients, copyright law, intellectual law when it relates to video, live streaming video, what equipment to purchase, what editing software to use, whatever you have a question on, creative or business, We have a crack team of professionals who have been in this for a long amount of time, including myself, and we can keep you focused on a video that gets results. So thanks for listening to this podcast. You're saving yourself hours of time, energy, and money because in your ears right now is expertise that knows what works and what doesn't. Now, you have full access to our knowledge and expertise when it comes to video production, and it's all with a personalized, non-condescending answer that to anything that you have a question about. So thanks for listening to this podcast. We've been in this for about 10 plus years. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Now, Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights, Canada sits in a favorable latitude for observing this phenomenal event. Now, while this phenomena is seen more often near the Arctic, even moderate geomagnetic storms can be visible in lower latitudes depending on the sun's activity. Now, recently, because of these storms that are happening, southern Ontario and parts of the U.S. could get to share in this spectacle of the northern lights as of September 5 through the 7th. So because of that, we had a few questions come into our email that were kind of peculiar, asking how to catch this awesomeness on video, which kind of caught us by surprise. We never thought of this. So with us today from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, is Gary Boyle, an expert on the subject who can't stop talking about this phenomenon with the media because Northern Lights is happening right now in their country. So uh, you were on the CTV this morning, huh? Are we going to see that clip uh, later on today, or were you live? Um, well, it was live, but it was back on uh, Monday the 28th when we had the, uh, not the 28th, on uh, the 21st of August when we had the uh, the partial solar eclipse. Nice. Yeah, because uh, we were 61% here in Ottawa, and really to promote the safe viewing is why I was, I was on literally 23 radio stations wow. to, um, over the past couple of weeks, just... Don't look up. Don't do this. Don't do that. <laughs> so at the at the Canada Aviation Space Museum, we had about seven thousand people here in Ottawa. Yeah, I was one of them. And, I was I was there. Oh, oh cool. So uh, yeah. So I guess we we passed by and uh, with telescopes and and the viewers. Great to see a lot of kids out there. Real science awesome. in motion. So it was uh, it was super. So yeah, I was promoting that to come to the museum, which I had no idea we have those numbers. Yeah, it was funny. It was it was actually pretty cool because uh, they were handing handing out these glasses and uh, yep. 
Yeah. Um, so there was one person uh, passing out a welding mask lens, and which which is what I saw the eclipse through, and it was absolutely okay. amazing. But um, sure. I went home and uh, I saw online there was this rental company that rented out these cameras, and everyone who brought them back, there was like ten or fifteen cameras. The the uh, lenses were burnt. The, oh, the, the, no. the equipment was just trashed. Oh, no. And I was like, I really don't believe how that could possibly happen. You know, I, I just don't know how that, how that happened. I, I just don't get it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they're $1,000 deposit <laughs> or how much you ever have to pay. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny to see that. It, so, so it was. It's crazy. So you're considered uh, Canada's backyard astronomer. You're an astro educator. You even have a asteroid named after you. Well, it's only about three kilometers wide, but okay. it's uh, <laughs> at the closest approach to Earth is about 324 million kilometers. Wow. Uh, it's way in, out in the uh, Amours uh, um, orbit of, of asteroids. But really, the, the International Astronomical Union uh, recognizes people for dedication of work that they've done. It could be teachers, uh, you know, even Florence Nightingale, the asteroid that came close to Earth the, the other night. Florence Nightingale, she has an asteroid. Wow. Uh, musicians, whatever. So just something that, that people have done, been recognized. About a year and a half ago, I was approached and asked if, because of what I do with outreach across yes. Canada, going to many schools, campgrounds, senior residences, um, in honor of that, where I like to have an asteroid named after me. Well, after two milliseconds, I said, sure. <laughs> and the process was put in motion. The application was sent in, and then it was voted at the IAU. Um, that, uh, yeah, so officially nice. 22406 Gary Boyle will stay in the heavens forever, <laughs> long after my years here on Earth. That's awesome. That's something to remember and to pass down to your kids and generations to come. That's cool For stuff. Sure. That's cool stuff. Now, Gary, you bring uh, the sky down here to Earth, and you do that with some great uh, photography. And um, you know, I'm on your website, which is we'll put a link to it in the show notes of this podcast. But you mm-hmm. shoot. I've seen like uh, images of Saturn and uh, you know planets. How do you do oh, this? Thank you. What kind of equipment you. do you have? What are, what are you using to get this phenomenal footage? Well, if you go to actually the observatory link, I do have a picture of the, uh, the telescope uh, that I did use. It's a 12-inch Mead uh, LX200. So it's a research-sized telescope. And a 12-inch mirror is you're drawing in a lot of, a lot of lights, so a lot of photons. And actually, the secret behind this is not taking an image, but taking a video. Uh, I was using a TU cam, and uh, really, it it so you take a, a video and uh, about maybe fifteen hundred frames, and then you put it in software called Registax, which is freeware on the internet, and you give it parameters because I'm sure you've looked through a telescope once or twice yes. at the moon that shimmers a lot, and that's the problem that we have when imaging the sky. But every now and then, you get that you know one or two seconds of great seeing conditions. Well, putting the parameters into Registax will weed out these great frames, stack them together, and voila, you got a, a great image. So this is for free on the internet, and I guess we'll put a link to that too in the show notes. By the way, your website is wondersofastronomy.com. I'm on it right now, That's and this correct. is just a plethora of uh, information about everything, and some of these f- photos are just amazing. So what So oh, thanks, Brian. What kind of camera are you using? You have a DSLR camera? You have like a digital 4K camera? What are you using? Well, for, for the TUCAM, it's just a regular um, um, web camera, which wow. is uh, very sensitive on, on light or called Lux. But, uh, but my still camera is a, is a Canon Rebel 
Uh, it's the uh, 450D. Yeah, and, and Canon, in the older days, when, when they came out with the DSLRs, Canon were superior to Nikon for the signal-to-noise ratio. Yes. It was really made for astronomy, but now the mm. Nikons are coming up, but I'm still one of those Canon guys. <laughs> so am I. It's, a, it's an awesome, awesome camera. So set us up through this. In, in Ottawa right now, I guess through uh, September 5th through 7th, there's uh, northern lights coming through here. And uh, Ottawa is pretty much a very bright area. So bring us step-by-step on what we need to do to kind of maybe capture this uh, event on film or capture it on video. Where are there places to go? Or is there, are there websites that we could see, that places of darkness? I mean, how do we start? What are, the, what are some steps to kind of get some good imagery? Well, the, the first step is get away from downtown. You don't want buildings or, or lights in the way. But if you do get toward the, the north, east, or west of the city, if you go south then you're going to be looking over the city, over the Dome of Light to the Northern Lights. So south is not the area to go. But anywhere east or west, of course, trespassing, <laughs> don't start setting up on someone's farmland or else. <laughs> and um, But even if you do have trees, I mean, a tree in an image can, can really add to the value of, of the photograph that you're taking. Awesome. So now with these beautiful DSLR cameras, which the old uh, SLRs were what we use with film, but now the D is digital, um, fantastic work can, can be done. Uh, the point-and-shoots, your smartphones, really not made for taking any kind of nighttime shot of auroras or even the moon, but the DSLRs, that's the way to go. And just a, a simple wide-angle lens. You don't need mm-hmm. anything uh, very uh, very focused in. So once you have your, your, your camera, and, and also, too, if you do plan on shooting uh, with, with your camera, Empty your memory card because you're going to be using a lot of images because <laughs> you have no idea how these auroras will react. Nice. Some might only display for 10 minutes. Some could all be all night long. So make sure you have a nice empty card and a lot of charged batteries. Mm. That's very, very key because the worst thing is to run out of battery power when you have the, the once-in-a-lifetime aurora over your head and, and you're stuck in the country. So place this on on a sturdy tripod and, and actually put a cable cable release onto your camera because you don't want to be touching your camera once you're exposed. Right. For the ISO, which is the light sensitivity of images, of course during the day we shoot about 100 to 200, but in the in the countryside in in astrophotography shoot about 1600 ISO, and shoot for maybe 10 15 seconds. Uh, and, and get a nice sharp focus. Keep it off the autofocus. You must go uh-huh. manual and home in on a bright star and just get that perfect focus. And once you do, don't touch it. And the aurora bishops, well, and again, auroras, they, they dance and, and sway back and forth. Wow. Some pillars might stay perfectly vertical for like 30 seconds. I'm no getting problems. goosebumps, Gary. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting goosebumps oh. talking about this, really. I mean, wow. <laughs> well, I, because I hope we, we get these bright ones. <laughs> and some just dance back and forth. Wow. So uh, here's here's where the finesse comes in. For the ones that dance back and forth, you can't ex- expose for 20, 30 seconds. It'll be a blur. Hmm. So you might have to shoot shorter. But uh, just uh, the colors the, of striations, and of course, like I said, even if you have a, a tree in the way, no problem. Just add to the photo. Yeah, that's nice. So pixels are free because um, the old days we used to use film, go through a whole roll of 36 that's for right. maybe one that's or two right. good shots that <laughs> came out because you cross your fingers when you do that. But now it's self-gratification. You look at the, at the, uh, 
at, at the uh, at the screen and see, well, maybe I should adjust the you know the uh, exposure or or whatever. So uh, again, a lot of fun can be made, and everyone is pretty well an artist behind that camera. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, you know, being in Ottawa, I, I can't wait to see it. I'm probably, um, after this interview, going to talk to you and where to see it, but uh, I would mm-hmm. love to see it. Now, there's this guy in Finland, um, Gary. There's a student in Finland who actually picks up audio of the Northern Lights. Is this possible? I mean, is that necessary to even do? It's quite possible. I've, I've, I've not heard it, but I've heard that it has been done. Because up in Finland, they actually have the aurora directly overhead. Hmm. Um, living in Montreal back in the 80s, I we used to have a couple of Coronas, which are that beautiful overhead drape that comes right down at you. But um, in Ottawa, we maybe from this major storm that, that left the sun uh, uh, yesterday, we, we may get, might get one of those. Hmm. So there's a possibility that some sizzling, hissing could uh, could be picked up. Hmm. Now, what is exactly the Northern Lights? What is it? Let's get into the like a little 15-second uh, technical thing of it. How does this happen? What, what? How does this take place? Will this damage our camera in any way? Because it, I'm, I'm assuming it's some kind of electrical storm or something. Will it damage yeah, our equipment? No, it won't damage your equipment, no. Um, unless you're imaging the sun, which is, you said, for the eclipse stats, but yes. the heat of the sun <laughs> magnifying, in fact, your telescope turns into a laser, even with a, a telephoto lens. But at night, no problem at all. So our sun is just uh, is our daytime star. Uh, what got hooked, got me hooked on astronomy when I was eight years old was just the sheer size of the sun. Um, you can fit 109 Earths across the belly of the sun, wow. and over 1.3 million would fit inside. So it's not a very active ball of plasma. It's been nice. burning for 5 billion years. It's a giant nuclear reactor. And every 20 times a day, it, it casts off these huge shells, these corona mass ejectin, uh, ejectas and solar flares, about 20 a day. But just like you know, shooting off a, a gun in different directions, if you had a gun, Okay, it misses the target, but if you aim right at the target, us being the Earth, then whatever leaves the sun takes about three days and then uh, interacts with our poles and gives us these beautiful northern wow. lights. Wow. So although the sun gets active, it's just um, just a location. It's got to be looking directly at us. There are many great astrophotographers around the world, not just here in Ottawa or Ontario, but just just around the world. Um, it's how technology, the, the CCD chips in these cameras now are just phenomenal. Yes, yes. As I said back in the days when I was shooting, it was just Fuji, Fuji Chrome, and that was it, or, or, or Kodak. So, uh, yeah, um, excellent, uh, excellent uh, cameras, the lenses, the technology behind it, the processing of the images after. Uh, it's just uh, something that's... It's it's fun. It's it's cheap. Except if you're going to buy your first camera, then your first image will cost you about eight hundred bucks. But then after everything else is free. That's so awesome. it's a it's it's a great uh, it's a great hobby. And in fact, I even refer to astronomy as a hobby slash science because we're getting so many discoveries per day. I can't even yeah. keep up. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's a it's a it's good stuff. And uh, again, your website is wondersofastronomy.com. And uh, I like that word, astrophotography. That's really good. Let's let's say astrovideography. That'll be cool too. That's that's a new word that I just learned from you. <laughs> and in fact, uh, when I had my observatory when I was living here in Ottawa, because I'm out in the countryside now, I even had an observatory, which is on the website too, in uh, in the western part of Ottawa, and I was uh, actually astrocasting, uh, which is a uh, term that I used, and that was through these various medias where you can, you know, almost like like Facebook Live back in the early days when that Facebook, 
Um, so I would hook up the video camera to the telescope and broadcast this over the internet cool. and um, through through Ustream dot uh, Ustream channel, and people would uh, you know. Um, chat online, ask questions about it. So it was really astronomy one-on-one with live photons. As you say, pixels are free, which is pretty much every article I read that says that, and that is your brand. Pixels are free. Thanks for coming on the DV show, Gary. Good stuff. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, that does it for another edition of the DV Show podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing. Now, if you haven't visited our website at thedvshow.com, take a look and always keep in touch with us. You have a newsletter you can take a look at. You can get social with us on Twitter, Facebook, and of course, Instagram. Thanks for listening to this podcast once again. We will see you next week. For additional tips, tutorials, and to get your video questions answered, visit thedvshow.com. Stay on the cutting edge with The DV Show. For additional tips, tutorials, and to get your video questions answered, visit thedvshow.com. Stay on the cutting edge with The DV Show.